What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the question and answer podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. You can ask me anything and everything about our Catholic faith from morality to spirituality. Whether it's a question about everyday life or what we believe as Catholics, I'm here to help you find answers. If you are a first-time listener, be sure to follow our podcast. You can hit me up with your own questions, comments, and critiques at www.assistionpress.com slash askfatherjosh, spell it A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play and other podcast formats, and you can share us on your social media pages if this show has been good for you, but Potentially, it can become good for other people as well. On today's show, uh, it's a follow-up from last week's show about virtues. The question comes in, are the seven deadly sins uh, biblical? And if so, uh, what do you see, Father Josh, as the most dominant sin in our culture today? That's a great question from Anonymous. But before we get to that question, I want to share with you a glory story. stories there's like so many it's been yeah it's just been so many good things happening we had a i think i mentioned a discernment retreat a few weeks ago for young girls with the servants of the pierced hearts of jesus and mary at camp abbey and uh yeah it was just really beautiful the girls had an amazing time with the sisters and uh two of the girls that went on the retreat came back with a serious desire to discern religious life with the servants of the pierced hearts of Jesus and Mary. So I was like, oh, look at that. Blessed be God. Praise God. Won't he do it? And then this past weekend, our vocations office hosted a junior high boys discernment retreat at Camp Abbey. And we had some of our high school kids and college kids who are also thinking about the priesthood come to be mentors and my seminarians. Some of them were able to be there and help out and give talks and other priests and deacons joined us. And we had adoration and we prayed mass every day and had talks and we played sports and went hiking and played in the water. And it was just so much fun. And what was really cool about this retreat was a lot of dads came. A lot of dads were able to come with this as well. And so it was just super beautiful to, to, to see not only the young boys have encounters with the Lord, but also their dads. And to be able to go home and share those experiences with their fathers going forward, I think, was just really powerful. It was a great, huge gift for our diocese. Yeah, there's just so many gifts. Man, I can't. I'm so grateful. I'm so, so, so grateful. Uh, I, yes, I'm working on a Bible study right now for Lent. And uh, yesterday, my plan for my day off was to simply just read. I like Michael LeBron. He's like one, one of my favorite authors to read his new book that just came out about, I think, Ezekiel, the priest, prophet, Old Testament dude. And um, yeah, I ended up like just looking over my Bible study and praying. And I ended up like spending the whole day in prayer, which was really beautiful. But it was also like, man, Lord, it was just it was it was a gift. It was a gift, unexpected gift. Uh, cause I, I couldn't put it down and I just was like, you know, the word of God captivated me and yeah, it'd be like that sometimes. So shout out to the Bible, shout out to the word of God. So many things to be grateful for so many things. And, uh, yeah, with that, let's go ahead and jump into today's show about vices.
So our question comes in from Anonymous about vices. Are they biblical? And what do I see as the dominant vice in our culture today? So yeah, you know, the, the, the vices are uh, biblical. Um, in the Old Testament, the book of Proverbs, chapter 26, verse 25, we read about the seven abominations that dwell in the human heart. And so it says, if your enemy begs you with a great vice, do not be persuaded for seven vices are in his soul with a great voice. Do not be persuaded for seven vices are in his soul. That's Proverbs chapter 26, uh, verse 25. And then the, the book of Proverbs also talks about the seven principal vices, pride, envy, anger, greed, lust, gluttony, and, and sloth. <sighs> From my perspective as a priest, it just depends on like the season of life that we're in, right? During political season, I think I mentioned this last week on the show, the during political season, like the number one vice that I see is super operative is wrath, wrath and pride. Pride and wrath are like super operative. People are uber irrational, like extremely irrational whenever we are in the height of political season. Wrath is it's an irrational reaction to a perceived offense, and it wants to injure um, those who offend us and do harm for the sake of vengeance. And so I see faithful Catholics who pray their rosary every day, who go to mass all the time, who just become irrational and who no longer see other people as beloved sons and daughters of God the Father, as image bearers of God. We see them as the enemy and like they must go down. And if I see them, I get uber mad. And it's like, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's very, very um, sick. But when we're not in political season, I think that from my perspective, there's probably, I'm going to give you two. I mean, obviously pride's always there, so I'm not going to focus on pride. I'm going to focus on envy and sloth. Envy, uh, it's a, it, that irrational sadness whenever someone else uh, experiences like a blessing from the Lord, whenever they get a good fortune. And so we see this with like Cain and Abel um, in, in the Bible, right? Cain killed Abel. Why did Cain kill Abel? Well, because he was envious, you know. Abel didn't do anything to Cain. If you read the story in the scripture, Cain was jealous of the fact that God was more pleased with Abel's sacrifice. Well, Abel gave his first fruits, Cain didn't. So God was just giving Abel this blessing. And then Cain had this sadness of the fact that God blessed Abel because Abel did that which was right and just and good and true and beautiful. And then Cain killed him. He wasn't thinking. It, wasn't, it didn't make any sense. So... It was very rational, right? And that's how we act whenever someone else gets a, a, a blessing. All of a sudden we're like, well, I don't need it, but they shouldn't have it either. Like, so we get mad at them, but like, why? It doesn't make any sense. And so um, I encourage people when they struggle with envy, this particular vice, to get off social media, to stop looking at other people's lives. You know, remember when Jesus was walking on Peter and he looked at John and Jesus said, don't worry about John, you, fo- you follow me. To look, just focus on Jesus. Don't worry about what God is doing in other people's interior lives, what God is doing in other people's ministries, Bible studies, what God is doing in other people's families, what God is doing in other people's lives. Focus on Jesus and what he is doing in your life. One thing that can help us when we struggle with envy is to pray the litany of humility and replace the word others throughout that prayer with that one person's name who we struggle with envy the most. It's very helpful, very helpful to, to pray for them, to, to, to be more blessed, to be more seen, to be more known, to be more loved than, than we are. I think that yeah, envy is a very dominant vice. Envy is, is serious. Like, we can't play around with envy. Uh, it, the Bible says death into the world through Satan's envy. Right. So envy is demonic. 
Envy is not something to be, play, to be played around with. And quite often, many of our vices that we confess in the sacrament of reconciliation are the fruit of, of envy. And so it's just really important that we pay attention to the envy in our, in our own hearts. The other vice, though, that I often think goes unnoticed is sloth, which is this disordered inclination to laziness in fulfilling our duties in life. Uh, sloth feeds the other vices. Idle time is the devil's playground. And so if you look at the life of King David, remember he, yeah, he got somebody murdered and he committed adultery. I would even go as far as to say he abused Bathsheba because he was the king. And so he used his power over this married woman. And so these vices that he committed that led to him repenting in Psalm 51, have mercy on my God in your, in your kindness, blot out my offense. These vices were the fruit of his inability to remain engaged in battle with his people. Right? He was slothful. He wasn't faithful to his duty in life. He was supposed to be with his people fighting in battle, and instead he was staying at home being lazy. And I think that a lot of us, um, a lot of our stuff, whether it's lust or gossip, whether it's gluttony, even envy, they come from sloth because we, we aren't faithful to a rule of life. And so I think we need to be more diligent in our time. Right? And so what we could do is we can have a structured rule of life like the Benedictine monks do. One of the beautiful things about the Benedictine way of life is they have a structured rule of life of when they work and when they pray and when they play and when they rest and when they have recreation and community time and fellowship and study. And it's all very structured. It's all very ordered. And a disordered life leads to chaos. Chaos is a breeding ground for sin. And so I just think, I think those are two of the um, those are two of the the things that I think are very important for us to look at, um, especially during Lent. It's like, all right, is is envy my dominant vice? Is sloth my dominant vice? And if so, how is it feeding other sins that I commit? Gossip, wrath. Like, like so, like thinking about the wrath of uh, Cain flowed from his envy. It came from his envy. So the wrath wasn't his dominant sin. His dominant sin was envy, and what came from that envy was murder. Um, it was irrational. Uh, he took it out his anger on his brother who did nothing to him. He was offended by, by, his, by his brother's goodness. Right? It, was just, it, was, it didn't make any sense. So before we go to confession and Lent, really examine, like, all right, here are my sins, but what's feeding my sins? Is it pride? Is it sloth? Is it envy? Um, is it gluttony? Is it greed? Like, what is it that's feeding these sins that I keep confessing over and over again? Yeah, the vices. The, the vices are important to examine. So, yeah, that's what I see right now. They are biblical, and the ones that I'm seeing right now the most are definitely envy and sloth. So with that, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to dive into our saint for today's show. Okay, here's the gut check right here, because if nothing changes, nothing changes. Do you want to be holy? And do you want to be an instrument of renewal in this world? And if so, do you believe it's possible? Do you know what it looks like? Do you know where to begin? Because if nothing changes, nothing changes. My name is Father Mark Mary. I'm a Franciscan friar of the Renewal. And I wrote a book called Habits for Holiness. And it pulls from over 800 years of Franciscan tradition, wisdom, and experience of radical and total discipleship in the midst of the world, but in a way which begins with little steps and works not only for religion, not only for priests, but for everybody. The change you desire is possible. The conversion you desire is possible. The renewal you desire is possible. The healing you desire is possible. And it begins with little steps. So to guide you on your way and to help you make the next best step of renewal in your life, I'd invite you to pick up a copy of my book, Habits for Holiness. God bless you. 
and welcome back. Just a quick reminder for your first time listener, you can follow the podcast, hit me up with your own questions, comments, critiques at www.assistionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcast formats and share us on social media. That can help other people to find out about the show. If it's been good for you, it could be good for others. Our saint for today's show is an incorruptible saint. He is my man, St. John the 23rd. I um, encountered St. John the 23rd as a friend when I was in seminary. Uh, I think his book that I read is his journal. is like a story of, oh, story of a son. I know St. Therese's story of a soul. What was his? I forgot. Maybe his was something similar. But anyways, it was a book I read about him with all his journals. And one of the beautiful things about Pope John the 23rd, this incorruptible saint who was the Pope, um, is that... He struggled with vice and virtue throughout his entire life. From the time he was a kid in a seminarian to a young priest, to a bishop, to cardinal, to the pope, he struggled. And, and so I, I think sometimes when we begin to discover that we have vices, bad habits, we think, well, if I cultivate the virtue, then I'll overcome this vice in a few years or in a few months. And I always tell people, like, look, this dude, he struggled his whole life with the vice of sloth. Uh, he could not commit to um, his interior life throughout his life. And he kept trying, but he kept like, he kept messing up. And over and over again, we read in his journal, him like saying, I messed up again, God. I messed up again, God. Like I tried, but I messed up again. And so, and he's a canonized saint and he's an incorruptible saint. His body never decayed. So I think it's important for us like not to condemn ourselves and to not put, not to make an idol out of virtue, out of freedom from our vices, our bad habits. Um, like, God, like I'm going to cultivate the virtue. I'm going to strive for holiness. I'm going to struggle, but I'm not going to make it my, my idol. Like my happiness is not dependent upon me finding freedom from lust or gluttony or sloth or greed or pride or envy or wrath or whatever. It's you are my happiness, Jesus. And if it's best for me to find freedom from these vices through the cultivation of virtues and prayer and grace and sacrament, like whatever, on this side of heaven, I'm down with it. I'm so down with it. But if it won't happen to purgatory, that's cool too. I think sometimes we have an, an encounter with God and we go to like an axe retreat or we go to a tiger awakening or we go to some kind of retreat experience, Crescio, and we then months later begin to fall back into our own vices and we, we condemn ourselves and we listen to the voice of the accuser uh, who discourages us. And I, I was remind people, St. Mary of Egypt, she struggled with lust for 17 years. And so whenever she had her encounter with God and went and dwelled in the desert, she said the first 17 years that she was in the desert, she still struggled with lust. It, it wasn't until after 17 years of struggling that she found freedom. So she sinned for 17 years with lust. And then for 17 years, she daily struggled as she was being purified by the grace of God. So give yourself time. Give yourself time and, and let, let the Lord purify you in his will, in his way, in his time. That's what Pope John XXIII did. Even though he kept messing up and he kept struggling with the same vice over and over again, he never stopped praying, even though he didn't commit to the prayer he wanted to and he felt called to, and he never stopped serving God, even though he uh, continued to fall into his vice of, of sloth um, and asadia. And so if he could do it, then so can we. And he's a saint, so we could be saints too. That's the goal. Uh, so St. John the Twenty-Third. We invite you to pray for us. Until next time, I will see you in the Eucharist. God bless.